hello, hello. Can you, can you hear me? Yes. Yep. Good morning, everybody. Another day. Another day to be alive in the presence of the Lord. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Is anyone thirsty? What a song. Famished. I'm so thirsty, Lord. I am so thirsty. Oh, praise the living God. I just want to pray. And um, I want you all to agree with me. If you do agree, I want you to say amen. And um, if you don't agree, then we will get you saved in a minute. (laughs) Hallelujah. So, Father, (laughs) Father, we want to honour you. Today, um, God spoke to me and said to me, I want my people to honour me. So, whatever that means to you, when you hear me say that, to honour the Saviour today, to honour Jesus today. Whatever that means to you, do it. Do it in your heart right now. Do it in your mind. Do it in your emotions. Do it in every part of you. Father, we want to honour you. We want to honour the name of Jesus. We want to honour the blood. We want to honour you that we are children of the Most High God. Sons and daughters, Lord, we are set apart for your glory. You've taken us from darkness and put us into a kingdom where... We don't understand it fully, Lord. We don't understand the fullness of the mystery of the kingdom. But you said you translated us from darkness to light. And we know that that's true because we know we are not the same as what we was before we'd done that. Father, we thank you for the power of the Spirit. We thank you that you sent your Spirit to this earth. That Jesus may be multiplied in us and through us. That we have nothing to be ashamed about. We have nothing to be in fear about to preach this beautiful gospel to whoever you bring into our pathway because it is the power of God unto salvation. Father, today in your midst, as we partake of hear your word and we honour you, Lord God, with our attention, we honour you, Lord God, with our hunger and our thirst for righteousness. May your spirit, Lord God, speak clearly through me today to your people it's all about your people Lord and may your people not look at people and say oh what a great preacher they are look at the gifts that they've got look what's happening to them may they realise you only raise up leaders because of them because of the people because of the love you have for the people you raise other people up that the people should look and think look how I'm loved look what God is doing in our midst Father we love you we honour you Lord We honour you with our very breath, with the very breath you lend to us. We honour you and we look forward to what you have to offer us today. Does everyone agree? And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, I'm going to talk to you today about the kingdom realm. This is part three. I've spoken to you on it um, at the beginning of the year. We started off with the Lord talking to us from Joshua 3, do you remember? And God saying to us, we've never been this way before. This is something different. You're now going to follow the glory. You're going to follow the presence. Before um, God spoke to Joshua, Moses uh, was in charge. Moses was the leader. And the people would follow with the cloud and the pillar. Um, and they would still gripe and complain. So don't ever think that, oh, if you saw loads of miracles, that would make you so believing. Or if you was one of the disciples when Jesus was alive, you'd never doubt or you'd never um, do what they did. Yes, you would, because we do it all the time. How many times does God come through for you? Miraculously, you know that it's only God that done that. He changed up everything. Remember when you're afraid of something and you think, oh my God, if you only just get me through this, I'll never. Remember them times? Remember when everything is going wrong and only God can change it and then he changes it. 
but it's like it's fleeted. We go back to moaning, grumbling, complaining, and it's not because we don't love God. It's not because we haven't got faith. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world that's got lots of challenges. We live in a world where we've got the enemy against us. We've got our own minds against us, family, friends, or frenemies against us, yeah? There's a lot going on in our midst. But God knows us and he sees what's in our hearts. But don't ever get that twisted, people. Don't ever think that God is a God of compassion. Yes, he is. He is a God of love. He is a God that sets us free. He is a God that does so much for us. And there's a lot of preaching all over the world now about the great gospel of grace. And, you know, God's grace covers everything. And if you are in sin, you need to repent. Yeah? If you are in sin, you need to repent. You don't need to always hear a message. Oh, God's love will cover everything. God's love. God's love. If you're in sin, get it right. Repent. The Bible talks about the wrath of God coming on those that will not change their way. It abides upon them. They live with the wrath of God. They're walking around with the wrath on top of them because they will not change their ways. There is a hell, people. There is a heaven, people. And a lot of preachers don't want to preach that. We need to realise that. There is a hell. There's a place called hell that God didn't design for us. He designed it for Satan. And his angels would become demons. That's what it was designed for. We, we know the truth. But don't let that truth um, trip you up. Don't live in sin and think, oh, it's okay. God's still using me. Of course God still uses you. Because God uses people for other people. The amount of ministers that I know that get behind pulpits and their, their lives are riddled with sin. They've got double lives. And you, they get behind the pulpit on a Sunday and the anointing of God is just released and people get set free, people get delivered. And you think, what's going on? What, what is going on? Because the gifts are without repentance. God gives that. It's a gift of God. It is a gift. I've got um, a diamond ring here that I got from my husband. That, that diamond ring is going to sparkle. No matter how I'm feeling, no matter how I'm in the flesh, in the spirit, it's going to sparkle. It was a gift. It's not of me. The gifts that we have, they were given to us. But can your character take you further than that gift? You've got to realise, people, that God wants us clean. That there is a cleansing going over the body of Christ. That just like in the days when Jesus walked the earth and he went into the temple and he made, he, he put together materials to make that whip, to drive out the enemy, to drive out the money changers, to drive out those from God's temple that shouldn't have been there. Using it, just using it as a place of the den of thieves. No, that wasn't God's will. And God makes that same whip today for us. And he will drive out of our lives those things that are not supposed to be in there. But if you willfully keep them there and you don't want to change, so be it. But realise our actions have consequences. Everything we do has a consequence for the good or for the bad. Out of our mouth is blessing and cursing. We can bless or we can curse with our mouths. Hallelujah. Let our mouths be mouths that will bless. I want to invite um, Tommy up. She's going to do the reading for today. We're just going to get into the meat of the word of God. We're going to go to John's gospel, John 4. Hallelujah. Jimmy's going to read some scriptures, quite a few of them. I think sometimes we don't take enough time to actually read, read the word of God. So just to recap, we are going to be looking today at... Oh, underneath, you have to turn it on. We're going to be looking today at a different aspects of the kingdom realm and I entitled it is anyone thirsty <laughs> you know why because I woke up I woke up while I was preparing for this message 
and I woke up a few weeks ago and I just woke up with that song in my head. And you know, like we, you do that as Christians, don't you? You wake up and you hear a song and you think, oh yeah. I always think I'm just joining up with the ages of the ages of the angels that are, are worshipping God. And I just heard that song, Is Anyone Thirsty? I was thinking, oh, we don't sing that in church. We don't <laughs> sing that in church. Is Anyone Thirsty? I didn't realise that the Lord, until I kept, I put it on. I, I found it on um, YouTube and I put it on and I just kept playing it and playing it. And the Lord said, oh, that's, that's what I want to be a big part of the message, the, the next message that you do. So um, I looked at it, quickly got um, the uh, rotor out. I thought, Who, who's going to be leading worship that day? And it was Tolu. So I thought, I wonder if Tolu knows that song. So I just asked her, I thought, Tolu, do you know the song? So she said, no, I don't. So I didn't think it was going to, I didn't think she was going to sing it today. She said she was going to look. So it, it was so, was that not anointed worship? That was so anointed. I wanted it to just go on and on and on. So, um, yeah, so that's the message today, is anyone thirsty? So, just a quick recap before um, Tommy reads. Joshua 3, we started off the year with, that we've never gone this way before. So, faithful people, we ain't always going to see what we want to see in the miracles. We have to use our faith too. It's a faith walk. That every day in 2018 is going to be a new day, a fresh day in the kingdom. Then God wanted us to talk about the kingdom realm. What is the kingdom realm? What is it? In John 3, it talks about you have to see the kingdom. Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he can't enter the kingdom. So you've got to be born again. You've got to be able to see it. You can only see it with spiritual eyes. Unless the spirit of God is drawing you, you can't be drawn to God. You know, you've got them backsliders or them ones just on the brink of coming to the kingdom. They're like, oh no, later, mate, later. Oh, I'll do it soon. I'll do it soon. Messing around with God, you know, you can't come to God and God is drawing you. Anyhow, God takes his hands off somebody and stops drawing them. I wouldn't want to be them. So don't ever be ashamed. Don't ever be in fear of talking to somebody about the gospel because what you've got can change their lives. What they've got is going to kill them. So don't ever feel in fear. When I've got someone in front of me and I'm talking to them about the gospel, I don't care who they are, what they look like. I don't care whether they seemingly look so low in, in economic um, terms or whatever's going on in their life, or they, they're in suits in Canary Wharf. Who cares? We're all, we're all the same. We was all born human. We need the living God. And what us Christians have got inside of us, we've got the answer to the ages inside of us. What that person needs, you can change their life. How did your life get changed? If someone didn't tell you about this gospel, don't ever be ashamed of the gospel. And you'd be amazed at the people that you do tell about the Lord. And when there's no one around, they thank you for it. Or they'll phone you or text you and say, that's just what I needed. Or they'll give their hearts to Jesus. Your sentences, your prayers can change a life in a second and in a moment. So Jesus said to us when we were doing this rota, let my life, I want you to look at the Gospel of John, look how I done life. How did I do life with people? How did I respond to people? How did I pray for people? How did I deliver people? How did I do, do, do everyday life? What did I talk about? Jesus said, look at the Gospel of John. That's what he said to us. Look through the Gospel of John and look at the demonstration of the kingdom. Look how I bought the kingdom and look what my life bought when I was on the earth. God sent Jesus as an example for you, for me, of how to do life while we're living in the flesh and in the spirit. Hello, everybody. God sent Jesus as an example to us to live a life on this earth, walking every day as a man, in the flesh, but in the spirit. Two worlds commingling together. That's what Jesus was sent for, an example. Obviously, he was sent ultimately to save us from our sin. Sin is crippling the world. Sin is crippling a lot of people. So let's not forget about sin. 
sin needs to be repented of. We need to be in repentance. Does anybody still pray the prayer that we gave out at the beginning of the year? Every day, yeah? Some people would look at that and think, okay, well, every day that's just, you know, repenting every day. We need to repent every day. Do you shower every day? Do you bath every day? Because we get the things of the world stuck to us. Sometimes we're oblivious, oblivious of, we don't even realise that we're walking in certain pathways or certain mindsets that are sinful until God shines his light on there. That's why we need to be a people that are open to God and have a relationship with him every single day so that he can shine his light onto our thoughts, our responses, our intentions, the way we're talking about somebody, the way we feel about somebody. Because you might not say something to somebody, but you might have a hatred in your heart for them or wickedness in your heart. You know, when you hear the downfall, you're like, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that, that that's happening to them. You don't say it, but that's what you feel. Anytime you feel like that, call on the Lord right there at that moment and say, yeah, this is how I feel, Lord, but I know it's wrong. Help me to be free of that. Amen. God, don't judge you because you feel like that. Because we, we've got these things against us, like I just said. God doesn't judge you for that, but it's what you do with them. Do you allow them to grow inside of you? Have you got vengeance against your parents? Many of us here, we wasn't brought up how we should have been. We didn't have the parents we were supposed to have. We didn't have the dad that's supposed to have loved us and cared for us. We had the dad that ridiculed us, put us down, treated us terribly. We had the mum that was absent on drugs. Many different scenarios are sitting in this room. The person sitting next to you, you don't know what they've been through, but God does. But God has never forsaken you. Whatever you've got and you're holding against people, forgiveness was a gift that God gave to us. Will you give that gift to someone else? Will you extend that gift to someone else? Will you say to someone else, no, you don't deserve it. Look what you've done to me. Look how you treated me. And when you were doing it, you liked it. And you don't even care. You're not even repentant of it. And you think, how can I forgive? God will give you the grace to forgive. God will give you the grace to forgive. Extend that gift of forgiveness to somebody else. Hallelujah. Can you just all stand to your feet in a minute? I want to just de declare over you. Can you just all close your eyes? I just sense that there's people here right now that you are battling with what I'm saying. By the power of the Spirit, you are battling with forgiving your father and you are battling with forgiving your mother. You have many fatherhood and childhood mother wounds inside of you. Right now, the power of God is here. Everyone just put your hand on your heart. Just put your hand over your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just want to release the impartation of forgiveness upon your people. Lord God, let them be able to forgive. Because sometimes we know, Lord, forgiveness can't come without healing first. It's like saying to somebody who's got a broken leg, you don't need crutches, you don't need plaster paris. Of course they do. Lord, you understand that. Sometimes we're so broken that we need to be healed first before we can let that forgiveness flow. Father, I just release the power of your healing anointing right now into the hearts of your people, that they may be healed so that they may forgive. In Jesus' name, please sit down. Hallelujah. Rachel, this time you've been up here. <laughs> so Tommy or Rachel, whoever, uh, what, well, so not whoever, she likes to be called both, so you can take your pick. So she's going to read from John 4 and verse 7 to 42. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah. Shall I start? Go for it. When a Samaritan woman came to the well to, give some water, to get some water, Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. This happened while Jesus' followers were in town buying some food. 
The woman said, I am surprised that you asked me for a drink, since you are a Jewish man and I am a Samaritan woman. Jesus said, If only you knew the free gift of God and who it is that you are asking for water, that is asking you for water, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said, Sir, where will you get this living water? This well is very deep and you have nothing to get water with. Are you greater than Jacob our father, who gave us this well and drank from it himself along with his sons and flocks? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never be thirsty. The water I give will become a spring of water flowing up inside that person, giving eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I'll never be thirsty again and I'll not have to come back here to get more water. Jesus told her, Go and get your husband and come back here. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right to say you have no husband. Really, you have five husbands, and the man you live with now is not your husband. You told the truth. The woman said, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place where people must worship. Jesus said, Believe me, woman, the time is coming when neither Jerusalem nor this mountain will you actually worship this father, worship the Father. You Samaritans worship something you don't understand. We understand what we worship because salvation comes from the Jews. The time is coming when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, and that time is here already. You see, the Father is too the Father too is actively seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming. Messiah is the one called Christ. When the Messiah comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus said, I am he, I the one who is talking to you. Just then his followers came back from town and were surprised to see him talking to a woman. But none of them asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the town. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Do you think he might be the Christ? So the people left the town and went to see Jesus. Meanwhile, his followers were begging him, Teach her, eat something. But Jesus answered, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. So the followers asked themselves, Has somebody already brought him food? Jesus said, my food is to do what the one who sent me wants me to Amen. do and to finish his work. You have a saying, four months till harvest. But I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields ready for harvest now. Already the one who harvests is being paid and is gathering the crops for eternal life. So the one who plants and the one who harvests celebrate at the same time. Amen. Here the saying is true. One person plants and another harvests. I sent you to harvest a crop that you did not work for. Others did the work, and you will finish the work. Many of the Samaritans in that town believed in Jesus because of what the woman said. He told me everything I ever did. When the Samaritans came to Jesus, they begged him to stay with them, so he stayed there for two more days, and many more believed because of the things he said. They said to the woman, First we believed in Jesus because of what you told us, but now we believe because we heard it for ourselves. We know that this man really is the saviour of the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Rachel. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So when I was reading this passage over and over and over again, 
and I was listening to it over and over and over again, I realised that the kingdom has an operational system. And in this operational system, at the core of it is water. Just like naturally, we, we need water. Animal life needs water, the plants need water, we need water. Without water, you die. So we need water to sustain us naturally. But also the kingdom has an operational system of water. But it's invisible water. It's not water that we see. So I kept listening and listening and listening. And then I just started saying, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? Because you've started off with this song, Is Anyone Thirsty? And now you're talking about water. And this is where he led me to. So I read this really, really slowly, many, many, many times. And I realised that you've got a scenario with Jesus... He's alone with a woman. She's a woman that is not um, a Jew. She's a woman that doesn't know God, doesn't know the God of Abraham, Isaac and, and Jacob. She's not um, living for God. And he's there and, and it's a kind of a weird interaction. He asks her for a drink. She asks him for a drink. And when you look at it, it looks like no one's actually, no, no one actually got a drink. Yeah. He says to her, I'm thirsty, because he's tired, can I have a drink? She says, what are you asking me for a drink for? You're, you know, you're a Jew, you're above me, I'm beneath you. And then he says to her, well, if you knew it was who's asking you for a drink, then you'd ask me for a drink. So then she actually asks him for a drink. And then she never actually gets a drink and he never gets a drink and she goes off. And you know the rest of the story. That's what it looks like when you read it, doesn't it? But... When you look into it and you say, Spirit of God, reveal it to me, something else unfolds. And that's what we're going to talk about. I think it's so exciting. Hallelujah. So Jesus is there and he asks her for a drink. She says, well, this is our um, father's well, Jacob, blah, blah, blah. You haven't got a cup. And so Jesus, I, this is how I see it. This is how I see stories. Yeah, I, I know that Jesus deals with me where I am in my language and he does the same to you. I know that Jesus is a cockney. I know that because that's how he talks. That's, that's how I hear him. A Chinese man will tell you that Jesus is Chinese. A Jamaican man will tell you that he's Jama Jamaican. Yeah? An African man will say that he's African. Because when he talks to you, he talks to you in your language. He doesn't talk to you in somebody's language that you don't understand. So Jesus is letting us realise we were made in his image. When you look in the mirror, you see yourself, yeah? because that is your image. So when God made you, he made you in his image. So when he talks to you, he will talk to you in a way that you understand. So don't let anyone tell you that you can't hear God a certain way. You have to listen in a certain way. No, you don't. He talks to you like you talk to someone else and like they talk to you. That's how the Lord talks to you. He talks to you in a way. If I'm sitting and having a conversation with somebody and I can't understand what they're saying, then, then we're not going to be able to communicate. So obviously when God talks to me, I've got to be able to understand him. So... Just get rid of and demystify that you have to be anyone great or some theologian or God talks to you where you are from the minute you open your eyes, even when your eyes are asleep. God talks to you in your language. Verse 10, Jesus answers and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that said to you, give me a drink, you would ask me for a drink and I would give it to you. It would be living water. So this is how I see it. Jesus is, is prompting her. He's starting something here. Then she says, this is what I think. I think she gets a bit feisty, yeah? She says, oh, you've got living water, but you've got nothing to draw from. 
So are you saying that you're greater than our father Jacob? And then she bigs up the well and it's Jacob's well. I think she got a bit facey there because she's like, oh, so you've got living water, but this water ain't good enough for you. But you're asking me. This is how I interpret it. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water, the one you're going to give me, is going to thirst again. But verse 14 says, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give them, they will never thirst because this water that I will give, it will become in them a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus is talking about two things are going on here, natural water and spiritual water. So Jesus is still, you know when he woos you in, Jesus woos you in, the love that he's got for you, he woos you in. I remember telling him, I will never be a pastor again, I'll never do pastoring again, never. Never. I thought I'll never go down that road again for the experience that I had many years ago. I remember saying that to him, never, never will I do that. But when he woos you and he heals you and he sets you free, you will do anything for the king. You will do anything for your king. When you are in love and you know that you are loved, you can do anything in this world. Anything that Jesus has told you, you can do. If he said it, you can do it. Do you know that? If he said that to you, in your own prayer time and he knows that you know he needs, he needs to give you confirmations and he'll, and he'll bring people with words for you and he'll bring people with confirmations and they'll text you and they'll phone you and they'll have dreams about you. He's confirming all the time. If he said something to you and he keeps confirming it, please, please people, just accept it. If he says you can do something, you can do it. Hallelujah. So Jesus is talking about natural water and spiritual water. Finally, She's getting it. So verse 15. Then the woman said to him, Sir, okay, because it sounds a bit, wow. He's, he's sounding, there's life coming out of him because he's Jesus. So she says to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not first nor come here to, to draw. So Jesus answers her and says, Go call your husband. The woman answers and said, and then you know the rest of the story. What I saw when I was looking at this and what I want to really encourage you and let you realise is Jesus goaded her and she sort of like was goading him but he got her to actually ask him and he said, give me a drink. The next thing he says out of his mouth is the word of knowledge. He starts talking to her about her life. I realised when I was reading that this is what I saw. Here comes the drink. He started to give her a drink. She didn't even know it. She started drinking and he did not say to her, here is the drink you've just asked me for. He just had a conversation with her. And I want to put it to you people. Look how many times that that's what's been happening to you. That Jesus offers you drink. Jesus offers you a way out. He offers you the answers. He sets you free. And all the time, you're drinking and you don't even realise. This is the operational system of the kingdom. It's an unseen world. So you're getting an invisible drink. And then what happens to her? Let's have a look what happens to her. He starts giving her the word of knowledge. Which really, he's hotting her up. He's saying to her, really. Okay, where's your husband? She must have thought, oh, where's my husband? Right, um... Well, actually, I haven't got one, but I've had five. But he's not really interested in that she's had five. That's not what Jesus is interested in. He, you know what Jesus is interested in? He's interested in, in getting her to realise it's the one that she's got now that's not her husband. She's living in sin. 
yeah? Not to condemn her. Jesus is always going to pinpoint sin. He's always going to say, look at the sin in your life, but in a beautiful way, in a way that captivates you, in a way that he's giving you a drink and he's rebuking you at the same time. He's giving her a drink of life and saying to her, okay, ask me for a drink. The next thing he does, he gives her the word of wisdom. The gifts start operating. She don't even know she's starting to drink. A part of that drink is a challenge and it's a rebuke, saying, okay, I'm just hotting you up. I know that you're living in sin and you've got this man. She, because of this love thing that's going on, she then admits it and she says, I've had five husbands. The one I'm not living with, the one I'm living with at the moment, he's not my husband. So Jesus is pinpointing sin. That's what he will always do in our lives. He loves us, but he will not share us with sin. He will not share us with sin. For those of you who are married in here, or those of you that have been in love and you've been in relationships, you don't want to share the one you love with someone else. That is not natural. No one likes that, whether you love God or you don't. If you are in a relationship, who wants to share their partner with someone else? They don't. So Jesus will always pinpoint something in you and say to you, you've got an adulterous thing going on there. You're having an affair. Why must I share you with another? That's what sin is to Jesus. Why should he share you with another? Hallelujah. So he starts saying to her, okay, go and call your husband, so on and so forth. So he's challenging her, he's convicting her. She, she then realises he's a prophet. And then she realises, is he the Messiah? Then it says she leaves her water bottle. So remember I said in the natural it looks like not only has no one got a drink from anyone, she actually leaves the water bottle. The reason that she was there in the first place, she just leaves it there. Because everything goes out the window when Jesus is on the scene in your life. Everything goes out the window. God can change things up in a second. What you thought you were doing all of a sudden changes in an instant, in a moment. So she leaves the very thing, the very purpose that she was there in the heat of the day so that no one else could see her because she was kind of like a scorned woman. So she, she went there for that purpose, but she leaves it. Because when the Saviour comes to your heart, you'll do anything. It's like, oh my gosh, I've got eternal life. Jesus has set me free. I'm born again. I've got life inside of me. So this is the operational system of the kingdom. God woos you and he plants a seed in you, a desire in you to take water, invisible water that you don't even know exists. But as we go through life, he's feeding us all the time. We're drinking all the time. So let's see what happens. Hallelujah. So then she, she drinks of this water that she doesn't know about. And then she goes off back to the city. Verse 39 says, And many of the Samaritans of the city believed in him because of the word that the woman testified and told them. Verse 42. Then they said to, to her, the woman, We believe, but not now because of what you've said. We ourselves have heard and we now know that this is indeed the Christ. She went off like an evangelist in a second. No teaching, no seminary, yeah? No theological training, no fasting, no praying. She just went off and she gave away what she was just given a minute ago. She didn't even know she was given water. She went away and what happened? She was giving water to someone else. But what God does is, he always starts with a seed. He gives you a seed and then when you accept that seed and you give it away to someone else, guess what? It multiplies. He gave her a drink, an invisible drink, and it became something natural. It changed the course of her life. She went off straight away 
and that drink multiplied instantly. The whole of that area, the whole of the village, everyone that heard her then drank of what she gave them. And then they went running to Jesus. Everything should always lead back to Jesus. The cycle is a cycle. It should always lead back to Jesus. It's an operational system, the way the kingdom works. It's an invisible kingdom, but it's working beautifully in our lives all the time, everywhere around you. When God prompts you to pray for someone, he's giving you a drink. You pray for them, that drink turns into something else. The drink that we drink, it says, Jesus said, the water I will give you, it will become something. When we drink of Jesus, when we drink of what he gives us, it isn't just about that water. It isn't just about that moment. It then becomes something. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word of God becomes something. It becomes what it is destined to become. You drink of God. You pray, you fast, you seek God for a situation, for people. You're challenged with, um, well, I don't want to um, step out of sin. And then you step out of sin. And then you're, you're challenged even more. Okay, Lord, if I really do this, if I really let go of that sin, what will you replace it with? And then the Lord will replace it with something else. But whatever God allows you, and it's, that's what it is, it's allowing you, it's the privilege of you putting down sin. Whenever you do that, God will always replace it with something else. It will always be an exchange. God will never leave you... Uh, like a vacuum just open this is a spiritual kingdom that we're talking about that is operating all the time it's the cycle of life as we drink as we drink and obey God it becomes something else it becomes living we drink of God when God tells you to do something you obey and that obedience then it can change lives you can sit down and you can pray, pray for five minutes And during that prayer time, as you're praying for five minutes, God can show you something about somebody. And all of a sudden, what he shows you about them, you go and tell them that, and that changes their life. That changes their life. They're in the middle of a challenge or a situation, and they don't know what to do. And then you give them that word, and then it multiplies. So we're living in a kingdom of light. Yes, we're living on the earth, but there is another kingdom that is making impact upon your life and your life is making impact upon somebody else it is a cycle it is a beautiful cycle can we just turn to john chapter 7 please hallelujah john chapter 7 i just want to read uh, two verses from here how many people here want to see revival want to see deliverances, want to see miracles. Well, I hope you're not waiting for God because God is waiting for you. God's hand is extended when we extend the hand. If God's told you to pray for the sick, there's sick people everywhere. If God's told you to preach, there's people everywhere that need to hear the word of God. God is a God of the now. Today is the day of salvation. Now faith is now faith is it's not in the future somewhere you know weeks ahead oh there's going to be revival revival starts with you internally it starts with the person God is reviving people all over the world let him revive you let him set you free hallelujah John 7 and I'm going to read verse 37 to 39 on the last day that great day of the feast 
Jesus stood up and he cried out saying, Is anyone thirsty? Jesus stood up and he cried out. He cries out to us, people. That's why we shouldn't beg anybody to get saved. Who, who are we begging? Well, I'm not begging you to get saved. I'm not begging you to get right with God. I'm telling you, get right with God or you're going to pay the consequences. Be right with God and you're going to get the blessings. I'm not begging anybody to get saved. You know, like, I, you see some Christians, they're like begging someone, oh, please, will you not accept Jesus? Please, will you not accept Jesus? It's up to you. It's up to the person. Jesus proclaimed who he was. He says, is anyone thirsty? Does anyone want to turn from sin? Does anyone want to be delivered and set free? Does anyone want a different life? Hallelujah. That's how Jesus, to me, lived his life when he was on this earth. If anyone is thirsty, come to me. That's what Jesus proclaimed. He shouted it. He said, if you're thirsty, come to me. People are thirsty. This world is starving. They're famished. That's why they're looking into the occult and other things. They're famished. They are so thirsty for spiritual things. But what will we do? Just shut our mouths, come to church on a Sunday, and oh, I'm being blessed. I'm, being, I'm getting obesely, spiritually fat all the time because bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. Oh, and can you bless me some more? What are you doing with the blessing? You're drinking and drinking and drinking. Give the drink away. Give away what you've been given, people. Hallelujah. Jesus said with a loud voice, He who believes in me, as the scriptures have already said, out of his heart will flow living waters. But this is the clincher, verse 39. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit. He said, out of your belly will flow living waters. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit. The Spirit hadn't even been given yet. The woman from the well, she went and saved a whole town. And yet she didn't even have the Spirit of God living inside of her. It came upon her. She went and she just shared what she'd been given. The Spirit of God hadn't been given yet. Jesus said, out of your belly is going to flow living water. And this I speak concerning the Spirit. People, if you don't know the Holy Spirit of God, if you haven't got a relationship with Him and not cultivating that, start today. If you've got it, let it build. You need to know the Holy Spirit like a friend. He is my best friend. I speak to him every single minute of every day. He is my closest, closest, closest friend. The Spirit of the living God has been sent to this earth to save and set free, but also for us personally, to give you power to live this life. He intercedes for you. He standby. He's a standby person. He's, what, he's an advocate. How many of you have been in front of a judge before? And when you've got a bad lawyer, it's bad, man. It is bad. The whole of my childhood, we went to every prison that you can think of. There was always someone in Nick, always someone getting nicked in the family, friends, whatever. Yeah. And when you go to court and if you get a bad lawyer, it's, it's, it's not good for you. It's a terrible time for you. But when you can get the best lawyer that money can buy, would you feel more confident going into your court case? Would you? Some of you don't even, you've never even had that, that lifestyle before. You don't even know. But you've seen programs on telly, haven't you? When the, money, when the money people have got the best lawyers and they shut everyone else down. It's that type of thing. The Holy Spirit is your advocate. He's your standby, yeah? He is the one that can talk on your behalf. If you don't know the Holy Spirit as a friend, not as a judge, the Holy Spirit wants you to understand that he wants to know you intimately and he wants you to know him intimately. Every single moment you're supposed to go through life, moment by moment, 
with the Spirit. So Jesus said, is anyone thirsty? That word thirst means, is anyone dehydrated? Is anyone got desires inside of them, dryness, cravings? How many people are, are battling with addictions? Addiction is just taking over. People are thirsty. They're thirsty to hide their pain. They don't want to look at it. They don't want to think about it. They don't want to be dealing with it. They're thirsty for being free, set free people. Anyone wants to drink, Jesus said. Drink, drinking means to consume, inhale, sip, absorb. Jesus shouts out, do you want to absorb? If you are thirsty, come to me and absorb from me, not the world. Come to me, Jesus is saying. Come to me because I have the words of life and it's my kingdom. It, it, the kingdom is a mystery, but it's a mystery that the Spirit of God unfolds. It's a, it's a mystery that the Spirit of God will show us the truth. That God wants you to accept Jesus as Lord and Saviour of your life. Not because it's a religious thing to do. Religion is something that Jesus was totally against. He was totally against religion. He wants relationship. He wants to know you personally. A personal God that wants to know you personally. Hallelujah. Don't resist the Spirit of God. How he, how he calls out to you. How he's groaning for more of you. And we always say we're waiting on God. God is waiting on you. God is waiting on you. So God gives the Spirit without measure. The Spirit hadn't even been given yet. Then the book of Acts of Jesus died. He was raised from the dead. And he said, I'm going. And when I go, I'm going to send the Spirit. Tarry, wait in Jerusalem. Wait and get power. Wait and get tooled up before you go out. That's what God said. Wait for the power. And if you haven't got the power as Christians now and you're living life without that power, it's going to be difficult. It really is. Because any enemy that comes against you, any gang or whatever, they're tooled up. They've got what they need to damage you, to pull you down, to annihilate you. Our weapons are very different from the weapons that a lot of you have had to put down and live for Christ. Our weapons are the weapons of love and kindness and goodness. Those are the things that we give to others that sets them free. It's easy to follow the crowd. It's easy to go along with that. It takes a real man, a real woman, a real young person to say, yes, I'm going to stand for God. That's a real living relationship with God you will see worked out in someone's life. Hallelujah. Could everyone just stand to your feet? So this kingdom, it's an invisible kingdom. We drink an invisible drink, but that drink becomes something, people. As you've been drinking all these years, I have, you've heard me preach this and say this before, it always baffles me, how comes we come to church every week? I've been a Christian now for 30 years. From the day I got saved, I just wanted to be in church. And I thought, what is it that happens to you? Why do you want to be in church? Why, why have I got that hunger to be in church, to be around the things of God. I didn't realise because when you get a taste of that drink, you want more. I have the word of God on all the time, all over the house. I just, I, it's just insatiable. I just can't get enough of it. And I realise I'm always drinking. I'm always full. You look at me and you think, oh yeah, you're anointed, you're all this. I just drink more most probably than you. That's all. If you've got two people that go out for a night and go down the pub and one drinks from the time they get in there till the time they leave, they will go out legless, won't they? If the other one that hasn't drunk at all, they'll be sober. But that's what it is like with the things of the Spirit. You can drink as much as you want. You can get as drunk as you want. You can be filled with Him as much as you want. But remember people, as you're drinking, 
That drink is becoming something else. A spiritual unseen drink is becoming something natural. As I drink of the things of the spirit, I can come in here and do something naturally. You can hear with your ears and your spirituals what I'm saying with my mouth. That is a result of the drink that I've just drunk or been drinking for weeks. When you lay hands on the sick, it's a result of the drink that you've been drinking about healing. And then that drink becomes, the kingdom is always in seed form. Mustard seed, God always starts with a little bit. The little boy with the fishes and the loaves, a little bit. And then he takes it and multiplies it. So I just want to encourage you today. I hope you've grasped it, people. That the drinks that you're doing when you drink, when you pray for people, when you're taking in that drink, that prayer is just going out and being multiplied. When you do good, when you move in kindness and in goodness and in shalom, the shalom of God, it means freedom from anarchy, fear and chaos. And it means tranquility and calm. Come, shalom upon you people. The shalom of God upon you. Freedom from anarchy, fear and chaos in your lives and in your minds. May tranquility and calm come upon you and reside upon you. That you may have living truth, living water that may come out of you like rivers so that people can swim in, that people can just be refreshed in. This is what the Spirit is here for. Jesus said, I speak concerning the Spirit, the Spirit of the living God that has been given to all of us. He speaks concerning the Spirit out of you, you, not the person that's you, you, out of you will flow rivers, 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 rivers of living water. Living, it's not dead, it's living. The woman at the well drank it and she immediately gave it away and it changed lives all around her. And they came back to Jesus and they said, we believe now, not just because of your word, but because we have heard his word. When we drink and we give out that drink, it will draw people back to Jesus. Isn't that why we're here, people? Isn't that why we're here? So be of good courage. Be excited. Be full of joy, knowing that you're drinking all the time. Anytime you accept anything about the kingdom, to do good, to want to change, to read the word, anything you want to bless somebody financially, to look at somebody and say, okay, what, what need have you got? Can I meet your need? That's how the kingdom is coming out of you like rivers. Yeah? Don't complicate it. It's the simplicity of the gospel. This is how Jesus did it with this woman. He said, you need the living water that I can give you. Then he started giving her a drink and she didn't even know it. She never even knew it, people. How many drinks has he given you? You didn't even know. And yet you took that drink and someone else's life is completely changed. Absolutely changed. Be a people that have cognitive understanding of what this kingdom is about. It is a spiritual unseen kingdom, a mystery, but God is unravelling it. He's revealing the mystery. There is another mystery now that we understand about. Would you agree on that, people? It's a mystery now that we understand about what we're doing. When you open your mouth and you talk to anybody, when I'm talking to people now, I'm going to have in my head, you're drinking water. They're drinking and they don't even know. They're drinking. Where's that drink going to go? We can have expectation. Because Jesus is our example. As he is, so are we in this world. If Jesus did it that way, there ain't a better way to do it, people. We don't have to look for a better way. We don't need these programs and agendas and um, all of these conferences. and all. We don't need all of that to conjure us up to just go and do what Jesus did. Hallelujah. So I just want to release the blessing of the Lord upon you. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. 
I want to release upon your people the anointing, the capacity, the awareness of what they've heard today, Lord, that they will drink of this, Lord, and it will become something great in their lives. It will become whatever it's destined to become. The water that they have drunk today, the water, Lord God, that the people that are going to hear this, Lord God, the people that are going to see this, whatever that water is destined for, Lord God, it will become whatever you want it to become. I want to release an anointing upon them, Lord God, to love you with an uncommon love continually, to love you, seek you, hunger after you more than anything in this life, Lord. Let the things of this life become lesser and lesser and lesser, that they will put down the things of this world and that they will put on the armour of God, they will put on the beauty of God, the life of God, and they will know that they are warriors in the kingdom of God that they will know that they are true men, true women, true young people in the kingdom of God for your glory. Father God, strengthen them today and in the days ahead, Lord God, to do your will. May the blessing of shalom rest upon them, freedom from anarchy, fear and chaos in your mind and in your heart. And I speak tranquility and calm come upon you all in the name of Jesus, spirit, soul and body. Those that have been faced with challenging situations and don't know what to do. Father God, I pray in Jesus' name that your people will receive that revelation and understanding of what they are to do in that situation. That you, Holy Spirit, will become their best friend. That they will know you, Holy Spirit, more than any living person. That you will be their greatest love. Father, in the name of Jesus, may your people receive the blessing of God upon them today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week. And God bless.